You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Cardinals for Monday, April the 18th of 2022. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy belated Easter to all those celebrating. I am Lucas Smith host of the Locked On Cardinals podcast. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen of the day. As part of the Locked On Podcast Network, very happy to bring you Cardinal coverage on this Monday, April 18th. Overall, a good weekend series in Milwaukee. Anytime you can get a split on the road, that is a big-time win, especially after dropping the first game of the series. The Cardinals dropped the game on Thursday against Milwaukee. were able to come back and get a couple wins Friday and Saturday before ultimately falling in the finale yesterday. We're talking positives and negatives today. Uh, You could talk about positives and negatives for for certain aspects of it. We're just going to break it down all together. We're going to start with positives from the offense because the offense kind of showed both of its colors this weekend. Uh, two good colors, if you ask me, because you saw the power, just the absolute brute force power of the offense on Friday, scoring 10 runs. You saw them being able to manufacture a couple runs on Saturday, as well as fight, stretch, and claw their way back yesterday, uh, all the way within getting to one run. They were able to to break one of the best relievers in baseball, St. Louis, uh, former St. Louis native Devin Williams. So we're talking about positives and negatives there going through the games, as well as some really good things from Miles Michaelis and Steven Matz this weekend because they looked sharp in their starts over the weekend. Also some rough things to talk about. Dakota Hudson, Drew Verhagen, a couple of offensive names as well. We're talking about that all on today, today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. Let's go ahead and start with Friday. Friday was by and large the best day of the weekend for St. Louis in my opinion. Dropping a four-run first inning against Milwaukee. Two in the second, two in the fifth, two in the ninth as well to boot. 14-hit barrage by the Cardinal offense. You had a double from O'Neal, you had a double from Goldschmidt, and you had home runs from Tommy Edmond and Nolan Arenado. The Cardinals were 3-for-9 with runners in scoring position. They were just simply locked in. They were so locked in, in fact. You had members of the Milwaukee Brewers radio, not radio, TV uh, crew somewhat indirectly accusing them of sign-stealing, and I'll let you have your own opinions on that. I don't think they were stealing signs at all. I think they were just hitting Freddie Peralta. Freddie Peralta is a really good pitcher. Really good pitchers have really bad days. And Peralta had a really bad day on Friday, going just three innings, giving up seven hits, six earned runs, two walks, and four punch outs. And I talked about it on Friday's episode that, yeah, Peralta had had some really good starts against the Cardinals in the past. He had also had some blow-up starts. Uh, a couple of bad starts mixed in there anyways when he was only able to go just a couple of innings and give up a good significant portion of runs and that's exactly what happened on Friday as I mentioned in that 10-1 to loss. You saw three hit performances from both Tyler O'Neill and Andrew Kisner who started all three games over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, was lifted for a pinch runner, maybe pinch, I believe it was a pinch hitter yesterday if I remember correctly. Uh, but he had a really good series overall. A couple of defensive miscues yesterday we'll we'll get to as well, but three hit days from them. You saw two hit days from Edmundo Sosa on Friday, as well as Harrison Bader and Nolan Arenado. You saw Goldschmidt get a hit, even though he's been off to a slow start, but it was just 
for the most part, straight power for the St. Louis Cardinals. As I mentioned, you had the uh, O'Neill double in the first inning. Uh, you also had the, the Goldschmidt double off of Peralta. Uh, Urania gave up a home run to Tommy Edmond, and Suter gave up a home run to Nolan Arenado, both of them being of the two-run home run variety. As Nolan Arenado just stays absolutely red hot to start the season. Just red hot. His OPS is at a blistering 15-14. He's hitting 433, five doubles on the season for Nolan Arenado. The, the home run on Friday was his fourth. Or he's got four on the season. He has just been blistering hot. And that, this is something I talked about in the offseason, that after your first year, you start to feel maybe a little bit more comfortable with your team. You know, you don't put so much pressure on yourself. You're not pressing so much. And Nolan Arenado has just looked super comfortable this season. More comfortable than he did last season, and I, I, I'm okay admitting that. He is somebody that has just been remarkable. You, you could not have asked. You cannot have. You cannot ask for a better start to a season than what Nolan Arenado is giving you. You, you. you just simply can't. Defensively, he made a couple of spectacular plays over the weekend, and he makes spectacular plays look just like, like it's another day in the park. Like, he makes spectacular plays look easy. He's leading the league in batting average. He's leading the league in slugging percentage. He's leading the league in on-base percentage. He is leading the league in total bases. He's top five in home runs. As he has four home, excuse me, four home runs. The only uh, player with, with more than that is C.J. Crone with, uh, with, with five of the Colorado Rockies. He is just absolutely on a different level right now. He's got nine total extra base hits. That leads the league. Just unbelievable. Again, you could not have asked for a better start from Nolan Arenado, but we're talking about the offense as a whole. Yes, you've seen good things from Nolan and, and Albert a little bit, which we'll get into. But what I was really impressed with, and this is something that was discussed a little bit when my mom actually asked a question on the YouTube uh, live postgame show that, are you worried they're getting too homer happy? You know, they're relying too much on the long one. I said, no, we'll wait and see if that does become a problem. Well, it wasn't a problem over the weekend because you saw the Cardinals be able to manufacture runs on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, because Saturday they only scored two runs, and uh, Sunday they or yeah, Sunday they scored five runs, but they're manufactured. Because you look at how the Cardinals scored the runs, it was a, a double by Paul DeYoung in the fourth inning uh, of, the, of the game on Saturday, and then a Dickerson single in the eighth. Let, let, let's look at how the Cardinals got there in that fourth inning. Paul, Paul Goldschmidt let off the inning with a ground out. And then with one out, Tyler O'Neill works a six-pitch walk. Um, so he's on base, mound visit. Nolan Arenado uh, walked on four straight pitches. None of them were really re- remotely close. And then Dickerson flies out. And then Paul DeYoung puts together a really nice at-bat. Seven pitches. He was able to lay off a couple of pitches down and away that, and, that he probably would have swung at in years past. Fouled off a couple of sinkers down and in. And then hit a curveball that was a hanger down the left field line for a run. Uh, so they were able to manufacture runs, drawing walks, getting on base. It's the old adage. Get him on, get him over, get him in. That's exactly what the Cardinals were able to do in the fourth inning. And then you fast forward again to the eighth thing. Again, manufacture. Two quick outs. Ground out by a Goldsmith in two pitches, and then a ground out by O'Neill in four pitches. But then Nolan Arenado takes a 3-1 hanging slider down the left field line for a double. So he's on. And then Corey Dickerson is able to work a little bit of an at-bat. Five pitches. Takes a 97-mile-an-hour sinker that is up in the zone. That is not where you want a sinker. So he singles and gives the Cardinals an insurance run. And that insurance run proved to be extremely important because in the bottom of the eighth inning, Victor Carantini took a 3-2 fastball from Hennessy Cabrera out of the yard. 
So that insurance run proved to be extremely beneficial. But the, the point that I'm trying to make that I'll continue to make looking at the next game is that the Cardinals are not just a homer-happy team. This offense showed how it can, yes, it can score with some thumping. It can score with some slugging. It can score with the homers, the doubles. It did that on Friday. It can also manufacture runs. Because not only did they do that in the fourth and eighth innings of Saturday's game, but let's look at the plays in the eighth inning. We'll, we'll just look at the eighth inning um, on, on uh, Sunday's game to talk about this point. They go to the eighth inning. Devin Williams comes in. All right, this is going to be a tall task. Down three, Devin Williams coming in. You're going to see Hader in the ninth. This is going to be a tough game. O'Neill strikes out, but O'Neill also worked the at-bat. He saw six pitches, ran the count full. Nolan Arenado then doubles with, with two strikes. Changeup. Devin Williams just had no feel for his changeup yesterday. So Nolan Arenado doubles. All right, you got a, you got an advisory, uh, or a, a mound visit, excuse me. They walk Pujols. Pujols is pinched ran for with Lars Newtbar, which is, is fine. And then Tommy Edmond is a single. Harrison Bader worked a really nice at-bat. Uh, I guess not really. It wasn't one of the greater at-bats. He did strike out on a changeup in the dirt, but saw some pitches, ran the count full. And runners advanced because of the wild pitch. Got to take what the, what, the, what the defense gives you. And then Paul DeYoung worked, worked well. Can he, Paul DeYoung was down one and two. And then he laid off two exceptional pitches down in, in the dirt, two good change-ups that he laid off. And then ball four was a, a fastball that was nowhere close. Again, Paul DeYoung, his numbers are not great to start the season. He's hitting just a buck ninety. His OPS is seven twenty one. But I was really impressed with the type of at bats I saw from Paul DeYoung yesterday. So I'm not saying he's going to break out of his slump tomorrow against Miami. But Paul DeYoung did take some really high quality at bats. And then you have Corey Dickerson pinching for Andrew Kisner. Dickerson works a seven pitch at bat. He goes down one and two as well. Fouls one off. Lays off a change up in the dirt. Lays off a fastball that was. Maybe a little too close to take, but, but or no, sorry, that's a different fastball. Lays off a, a pitch that was up in the zone, and then lays off another changeup in the dirt. He walks. Uh, bases are loaded. And then, there's no, but that well, already, it was a bases loaded walk. Excuse me, misread my notes there. Uh, Dickerson walks, and Dylan Carlson hit the ball sharply as well after Trevor Gott came in. Uh, but it was into the shift, and the, the out was recorded. The inning was over. But the point is, is that the Cardinals had some offensive firepower on Friday, and they had some just incredible manufacturing ability on Saturday. This is an offense that c- can do both things. You, you even saw the, the power on Sunday. You saw the power, and I mean, Pujols just murdered that baseball. Because Pujols is off to a, a fine start. I know he hasn't played every day, but off to, I mean, you, again, knowing who Pujols is and what he's going to do, at this stage of his career, you really couldn't ask for much of a better start from 42-year-old Albert Pujols either. Five for his first 15, two home runs, four RBI. Uh, on base percentage, is at 412, an OPS of 1145. He'll likely be starting tom- uh, tomorrow when uh, Luzardo takes them out, a left-hander for the Miami Marlins. Pujols and Arnato. Could be fun whenever Albert's in the lineup hitting 4-5. So offense, I was really happy with. Um, and, and even in that ninth inning of yesterday's game, Josh Hader on the mound. You like who you have coming up in, in two, three, four. Um, Goldschmidt grounded out. O'Neill worked a nice at bat before he struck out. And then Nolan Arenado hit a home run ball foul, uh, but nevertheless uh, retired on strikes. So all in all, I was really happy with the offense this weekend. You, you, you were able to see them manufacture and provide the power. 
and that is what you need. You need an offense that is able to do both. You don't want the Minnesota Twins offense of 2019 that is just power, 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 power. That's nice, but when the weather gets cold, you're going to need to manufacture runs that the Cardinals were able to do. Plain and simple. You're also going to need to manufacture runs when you're in a pitcher's duel. And when you're in a pitcher's duel, you need to be able to manufacture runs. That's what the Cardinals went on on Friday, or excuse me, on Saturday, because the Cardinals had some really nice starts from both Miles Michaelis and Steven Matz. And I would be remiss if I did not talk about those two positive starts um, on today's episode and breaking down the weekend. So talking about Steven Matz and Miles Michaelis, their starts, as well as Jordan Hicks was impressive in his second uh, appearance of the season yesterday. So we'll talk about all that in segment number two coming up in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about today's title sponsor, and that is BetOnline.net. It is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. You can find the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs. So those are well underway. And the start of Major League Baseball season, which obviously is well underway as well. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sport wagering information, whether it's live betting, betting, playoffs, esports, and much, much more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action because Bet Online is where the game starts. The Cardinals saw some wonderful pitching this weekend in Miles Michael, Steven Matz, as well as some others, but the, the, those two specifically were were very good. Miles Michaelis' line, six and two-thirds of an inning, three hits. He gave up just one earned run. He walked one, only walked one, and he struck out seven. The, the one run that he surrendered was an Omar Navarez single in the bottom of the seventh inning as he was unable to escape that seventh inning. But he was efficient in six and two-thirds innings through 91 pitches, so you're starting to see him get stretched out. I was surprised the Cardinals took out, or I was surprised Marmol took out Mats as soon as he did on Saturday, but still trying to stretch him out. But Michaelis, I mean, th- this was just vintage Michaelis. This, this was 2018 Michaelis. He was filthy. He was nasty. Like I said, seven punch outs. The, it was remarkable. His slider had some good movement, some good depth to it. It was really, really good. Like I said, 91 pitches, 61 for strikes, three ground outs to five fly outs, so maybe a little bit too much in the air, heavy a little bit, but faced 24 batters in those six and two-thirds innings, so just a little bit over the um, a little bit over the minimum. He was solid. Just plain and simple solid. Getting his first one of the year. This is a great start for Miles Michaelis. This is something Miles can build off of. Period. Plain and simple, period. Really good stuff from Miles Michaelis. And then you saw Steven Matz come in. You know, the first two innings came and gone and gave up a a hit or two in the first couple innings, but I was still a little wary to to say, okay, this is a really good start for Matz yet because obviously we saw what happened with Steven Matz in his first start after two incredible innings on uh, against the Pittsburgh Pirates last Sunday. But he settled in nicely, only threw 77 pitches, 51 of those for strikes. He did not walk a batter. Punched out six over five and two-thirds of an inning. Gave up just three hits. He was really good. And again, this might not be as bad as, say, that the Pirates lineup or the Royals lineup that the Cardinals saw after the Pirates series. But this is still... So they might not be that bad, the point I'm trying to make. They might not be that bad of a lineup. But they're also, I understand, they're not the Dodgers or the Braves or the the Padres even. But they're, they're still a division favorite for a reason. And this is still impressive to see both of these men go out there and pitch the way they did. Steven Matt's ERA dropped from 21 to 7.27, 
So that's a win. <laughs> ERA getting down a little bit, but you saw him get four ground outs in those five and two-thirds of an inning, uh, four flyouts as well. He was just sharp. I think he retired 11 or 12 straight at one point as well, was able to, to settle in. And Steven Matz was arguably the, the more efficient of the two, 77 over five and two-thirds of an inning. Wasn't able, uh, was, was not extended beyond that, but whenever they are able to just go out there and be ready for 95, 100 pitches, 110 pitches before they get yanked out, this, these were really good things to see. They kept the ball on the ground for the most part. They kept the ball in the strike zone. That's, that's the big key, in my opinion. They kept the ball in the strike zone. You saw a remarkable double play turn by the Cardinals in the ninth inning of the game on Saturday that I'll get to in a little bit. But when you, again, it, it sounds so simple, and I'm not trying to be too simple or too naive with it, but it, it, there is a simple nature of it that if you throw strikes with this defense behind you, you are going to be successful, especially if you're able to throw quality strikes. Because that went at three strikes on, on Thursday, but they were the definition of hittable strikes, right? Well, now the next step is throwing quality strikes, and that's exactly what Michaelis and Matts did Friday and Saturday for just straight success. It was, it was a masterclass, in my opinion. And then you saw good things from the bullpen in both of these games. Now, before I get to the bullpen, I'm not trying to just do a flip entirely 180 on, okay, Steven Matz, Miles Michaelis, Cyan contenders, they're going to be great, no problems, no concerns. Obviously, there are still concerns. What's the consistency level going to be for these two gentlemen? Is Miles Michaelis going to regress back in a 2019 form or last year when he was okay but not great? Is Steven Matz going to do what he did whenever... Well, what's going to happen with Steven Matz? Is, is that blister problem going to come back? Is his finger problem going to come back that he had in that Sunday start against Pittsburgh? So, yes, these are very positive starts and very good starts to have. And there's definitely still a, a worrisome aspect about this rotation. But as I talked about, we've got to give this rotation two, three times through before you can adequately say, that's a, this is, he's having a bad season, bad start to a season, this is bad, this is, or even this is great, this is wonderful. This, it's got to be two or three turns through. So after two times for Michaelis and Mats, you saw one really bad start for Mats and one really good one. You saw one and bad so-so start for Michaelis and one really good one. What's the third start going to be? These two men need to find a way to be consistent, and then that is when you can start getting super excited for them or super worried about them. But keeping the conversation on the on the pitching, as I mentioned, bullpen this weekend. Pretty solid for the most part, especially Friday and Saturday. You saw Wittgren come in and get one out in that seventh inning. He did give up a hit, but he got one out, didn't give up, um, uh, did not give up a run. They gave up. Uh, he did have an inherited runner uh, score. Uh, that, that's what, that the run that was tagged to Miles Michaelis. Well, Navarro has got the hit, but didn't give up an earned run himself. And then Andre Pallante came in, went two innings, no earned runs, no runs given up at all, walked one, struck out one. So Pallante, again, in a 10-to-1 game, not necessarily a mop-up role because the Cardinals were winning, but a solid job to, to eat up a couple innings and keep the Cardinal bullpen rested for Saturday. And the Cardinals needed a rested bullpen on Saturday based on how the, the, the innings worked out. Because Matt's went five and two-thirds, and then Ryan Helsley was brought in. Uh, had an inherited runner on board, and he just blew by a 101-mile-an-hour heater to end the inning. I mean, that was, that was just straight. Here it is. Hit it if you can at 101 to get Hunter Renfro. 
uh, McCutcheon had stolen second base, so you had the at the time the, the tying run on at second base, and then 101.2 was the exact miles per hour. But I mean, it was pretty much center cut on the inside, inside maybe quadrant, but thigh high, but 101 that kind of tail. Renfro had no shot. So Helsley comes in, doesn't give up an, an earned run, does not give up that inherited runner, so that was good. You saw an inning and two-thirds from Cabrera. Again, able to eat up a couple innings. He did falter a little bit there in that eighth inning. Uh, gave up the home run to Victor Caratini because that eighth inning for um, for Cabrera started out great. Got Colton Wong called out on strikes. Mike Brasso flew out uh, to Dylan Carlson. But then that home run was given up, so then the Cardinals bring in Giovanni Gallegos. Giovanni Gallegos strikes out Andrew McCutcheon on a filthy slider down in the bottom portion of the strike zone. And then Giovanni Gallegos works a really solid ninth inning. Not without its drama, as the leadoff man, Adamas, did single. You got Renfro to pop out, to Les pinch hit. And I talked about the double play a little bit ago. Oh, not many players, not, not many teams have the ability to turn that double play. And I'll say this too, not many third basemen can turn a double play like that. Like Nolan Arenado did. He was basically a shortstop in that position, in that situation, with, with a turn he had to make. Because that double play went 4-5-3. Uh, Not really a very common double play in baseball, but it was one. Of, it was a play that, that that's why you have the ability to throw strikes as a Cardinal pitcher. That play right there is a perfect example as to why you have the ability to throw strikes. Because defense can make plays like that. So you had a high-leverage situation, and yes, the home run was given up by Cabrera, but for the most part, that's a pretty good 7th, 8th, ninth inning for the Cardinal bullpen and high leverage. And then you had on Sunday, yesterday, when Dakota Hudson only made it through three innings, and I'll talk about him coming up in just a moment. TJ McFarland bent but didn't break, did not give up a run. He walked two, gave up a hit, but didn't give up a run in his inning. Uh, you had Jordan Hicks come in and pitch two shutdown solid innings. Gave up a hit, a walk, but did strike out three. Uh, when I say McFarland didn't give up a run, he gave up an inherited runner, so a run that was charged to Hudson. He was himself not charged with uh, an earned run. So, But before I get to the, the kind of the negatives to talk about Hudson, do want to talk about Jordan Hicks for a moment. Yeah, he dialed it down a little bit um, in terms of his velocity in his two innings of work in the uh, fifth and sixth innings. But overall, pretty solid work for, for Jordan Hicks. And if he's able to dial it down and be consistent with it, run with it. Absolutely run with it. He was able to pitch out a little bit of a jam, too, because he had a leadoff single. Uh, then you struck out, he struck out Rowdy Telez on a um, little sinking fastball um, up in the zone. So that was good. And then he walked Keston Hira. But then he got a strikeout. And then he got a ground out to end the fifth inning. And then the sixth inning was... But was very smooth. Um, he got a line-out, ground-out, and strike-out of Willie Adamas to end it. So good things from Jordan Hicks. We'll see when he is able to, to get that um, that start lined up for him, if he, if he ever does end up starting. Uh, but good stuff from Jordan Hicks overall. Despite all the positives that I talked about, the, the duality of the offense, the, the starting pitching improvement that we saw from both Michaelis and Matts, there are some negatives that we do need to talk about and discuss to put on the radar for the St. Louis Cardinals I don't think I talked about it yet, so before I get to the negatives, I'll finish up with the positive. Albert Pujols is a very strong man. Just murdered a hanging breaking ball from Ashby for a three-run bomb. Murdered it. 
simply crushed it. So he'll likely get the start tomorrow as well uh, with a lefty scheduled to start for the Marlins. Uh, before I do talk about the negatives, I do want to tell you about something very positive, and that is Built Bar. Because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar in the business because it's a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They also have a product called a Built Bar Puff. Because if you haven't tried one of them, you're missing out on one of the best Built Bars products ever because puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow they are fluffy marshmallow and they're not just a protein bar they're a treat they are covered 100 percent in real chocolate just like every other built bar yes built bars are covered 100 percent real chocolate 100 percent real chocolate these are low calorie high protein bars you can replace your candy bars with these because they're better better tasting and healthier for you because a typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories where built bars contain 130 calories four grams of sugar four net carbs 17 grams of protein and you have all delicious flavors to choose from whether it's mint brownie coconut double chocolate that's my personal favorite or new flavors each month so check them out at built.com you can also use the promo code locked 15 L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off your order. You get a protein bar, you get the best tasting protein bar, and you save a little bit of money when you use Locked15 at checkout. Again, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order at Built.com. Go to Hudson Needs to find it. No really other way to say it. I think he can. Again, talked about not getting overly high on Michaelis and Mats after two turns through the rotation. Uh, yes, Dakota Hudson hasn't given us a ton to be excited. It's not like they gave. It's not like he gave us a, a start like Michaelis or Mats gave gave the Cardinals uh, to, to be overly excited about. But Dakota Hudson does have the past success to, to bank on. But his line on Sunday was was not good. Three innings, three hits, four runs. Three of those were earned. He walked two and struck out two. Uh, he also hit a batter, hit Colton Wong in the first inning. He he, he just didn't have any feel for anything. Uh, yes, he, he was able to settle down after the, the first inning. Uh, didn't give up an earned run himself in the second or third. Did give up uh, an inherited runner was charged to him in the fourth, but just didn't have a feel for it at all. Uh, so he needs to be able to throw more strikes. The Cardinals pitching staff as a whole yesterday uh, walked seven batters. T.J. McFarland walked two in his one inning of work. Jordan Hicks did walk one. Drew Verhagen, also a negative that needs to find it um, early on. He walked two in his one inning of work as he was charged two earned runs. Cordy Whitley was the only pitcher who did not walk a batter. Brewers pitchers weren't much better. Uh, Ashby walked four and Williams walked three for their seven walks on the day. Uh, with this, And Oliver Marmol was just blunt about it. He was just straight blunt. Can't win that way when you don't throw that many strikes. Straight, you know, he's somebody that's going to go to war for his guys. I'm sure he's player, manager, all that stuff. But he was pretty harsh in his post-game comments. Or pretty real, I guess is the best way to say that. Sorry, I moved my water bottle there if you heard that. But he was just real. That kind of performance, those kind of, that lack of execution in terms of throwing strikes, that's not going to fly. Can't fly. Won't be successful if that's allowed to fly. Period. So... Hudson and Verhagen need, need to find it. And the, the offense on Sunday, despite manufacturing, they were still just two of nine with runners in scoring position, left eight on base. And when you're looking at who offensively is struggling that I'm worried about, three names really jump off the page. And I know I talked about one of them positively um, earlier in the show, but Paul DeYoung, you know, he's, t- he's taken some really great at-bats. 
but we've we've heard that before, not just with the young, but even with a guy like Matt Carpenter. We've heard that before. Oh, he's taking really good at bats. He's you can take really good at bats all you want. Time to start seeing some some production. Dylan Carlson, somebody that had a really nice start the first couple of games. He left four runners on base in his five at bats. Um, did score a run and reached on an error, uh, but he's hitting just a buck eighty two. But what concerns me is the is the OPS at just four seventy nine. So Carlson gets to get it going, and then Paul Goldsman is just historically bad in April. Uh, he was 0 for 4 again on Sunday. His average is down to 138, and his OPS is down to 458. Um, so the, the new bats that he was using in spring training better start working pretty quick <laughs> for Paul Goldschmidt because the, the Cardinals need Carlson and Goldschmidt to be, to be successful. No question about it. So those are kind of the the three offensive members that I'm watching closely this week when the Cardinals travel to Miami as to say, hey, it's time to see if you can't kick it into high gear, especially against a team like the Miami Marlins, who all due respect probably won't be uh, sniffing the playoffs uh, here in 2022. They're four and five to start their season at this time. I'll do a big preview show tomorrow talking about the series, but the Cardinals face off against Jesus Luzardo, uh, 1-8 ERA to start the season. Uh, no wins or losses yet. Uh, he's a lefty, so you'll likely see Pools back in the lineup. Wainwright will get the start for the Cardinals on Tuesday for a 540 first pitch. So we'll see if Wainwright can right the ship. And then on the 20th, on Wednesday, again, a 540 first pitch, according to MLB.com. Uh, TBD for the Cardinals. It'll likely be Michaelis. Maybe you see a piggyback area. They'll be facing former Cardinal Sandy Alcantara uh, on the mound, uh, scheduled to start for the Miami Marlins. And then on uh, the, the 21st, which I believe is that Wednesday. Uh, no, 21st is Thursday. What am I saying? On Thursday, it's still TBD for the Cardinals, uh, but uh, they'll be going up against Pablo Lopez, a righty who is 1-0 with a .87 year rate to begin his 2022 season. We're getting close to the 30-minute mark, so we don't want to go too far over, so be sure to tune back in tomorrow as I preview this three-game set with the Miami Marlins. I feel like the Cardinals always play Miami like this early in the season. It seems like they tend to have some success against Miami at Miami. So we'll see uh, that success is able to carry over this season. But despite only splitting with the Brewers, that's pretty successful after dropping the first game and some really good things to see. So let me know if you like the things that you saw, what things you saw that you didn't like. If I didn't get to them, drop them in the comment section on YouTube. DM me on Twitter at LJFastball. DM the show on Twitter or Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. Reply to a tweet. Something. Um, so I want to hear what you guys have to say as well. But until I talk to you guys tomorrow, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.